Mike. Hi, Kelly. So this is track number four, and it's called $100 Heat. The yeah. origin of this song, I used to host football at my house, football Sundays. You think to yourself, what, what on earth is she talking about football and this song? Well, I used to have people come over, and uh, I would put my DPS, Tascam DPS 8 out with a mic, and there'd be a guitar and stuff. Um, and we would, like, write songs and just kind of share the mic and just have fun as we're watching football. And this is one of the songs that came out of that one of those sessions. Um, a guy named Nick Eddy, who we've mentioned before on this podcast, and also um, a guy named Chooch um, helped to write this song. He works at the Mayo Clinic in, like... Uh, pathology or something like disease in yeah. the disease area or something and he's uh he's a bon vivant he just comes up with crazy things and i remember he was texting us during the game and some of the stuff that he was texting i was just oh my god i'm using that i'm using that in the song right now i have um a demo of this song hundred dollar heat that that i made when we were writing it from my DPS, my Tascam, DPS 8. Arise from the space that you So these football Sundays. Football Sundays, yes. Do you still do that? Do you still? Because you're quite a. You have quite a gambling problem. I understand. <laughs> no, I was the um, the games mistress. So I ran like a betting pool. Uh, That's called a bookie. <laughs> no, but it was a, a friendly one. It was just friends and stuff like that. But the pot got you know sometimes the pot would be 130, 140 bucks each week. So yeah, I've, lo I've lost quite a bit of money to you. That's right, you have. Yeah, you yep. you didn't even bother looking at it, did you? The about picks and what experts recommend. Yeah, did you even try? I did try. I'm convinced the NFL is rigged, and I know they're throwing the games. <laughs> More conspiracy. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay. So you could you could write in on the best intel out there. That's mm -hmm. not going to guarantee that you're going to come out with the winning numbers. So sometimes, you know, the one time when I did win, mm -hmm. I, I left it purely up to chance. For a while there, we had my mom also doing a sheet. This is right when she was on the border of, like, losing it, more facilities from Alzheimer's. And uh, one week, she just... Um, she asked about the colors of the uniform, and she picked according to that. And she won that week, actually. So, Yeah, that's how I did it. I would say, like, now, would a Jaguar beat an eagle? <laughs> and I would think about that a bit, you know? Or would it, does a tiger beat a bear? I don't, you know. And then you go like that. So yeah. uniform colors just as 
just as viable an option, I think. Um, How do you place your head your bets? A lot of research. A lot of research. Yeah. The, I had a ringer. There's a guy on, I think, at the Miami Herald. Do you, would, do you want to divulge this? Yeah, because I don't do it anymore. I, and okay. it's really freed up my life, i got to tell you. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> Greg Cote. But then he, even he, even the, his shine wore off. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. Like my shirt? I don't, I don't have one of those. Why not? Let me get one. We're on Skype. Are we rolling yet? Are we doing this? Are we podcasting? Yes, we are. We are podcasting. Okay. We're on the airwaves. Okay, so we're rolling. So for people that aren't as versed in technology as I apparently am, <laughs> this is we're on a Skype, so I can see Kelly and she can see me. I'm in a comfortable red flannel robe <laughs> by Ralph Lauren. If anyone's interested, nice. retail $19.99 at Costco, and Kelly's in a yellow sofa burned snake shirt that Ali Kalis illustrated and printed. Hey, Mike, let's take a detour here and visit with Lil Bub. The space cat. We met Lil Bub. We were on a trip where we went through Bloomington, Indiana, and the booker had set a show up at a recording studio called Russian Recording. And that studio is owned by a cat with tiny feet and Lil Bub. <laughs> you know, people would do shows in the tracking room sometimes. And we played with a band called Cooked Books. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, and the owner of the studio, Mike Bravatsky, was recording the show. And so, you know, he was setting up mics and we were talking to him. And we found out that he owned this cat with little feet named Little Bub. And Little Bub has an internet channel. And other cats watch him on the internet. And he has a lot of likes. Yeah. And so the next day we went to Mike Bravatsky's apartment and you and you held little bub in your arms. Yes, won my heart. Heart. That's how little bub has lived such a long life is by feeding off human hearts. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Another song that we did at the football table a different week uh, is a song called "Shirt Crush." Uh, Nick Eddie and I went to Russian recording, and little bub was the guest star. Actually, I was guesting on Bill Bub's show. Gotcha. Pretty good football Sundays. <laughs> Okay, back to $100 Heat. We had, had tried to record this song a few times, but I think one of the things that we've mentioned a lot is this idea of demoitis or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where you know, you in, you're not trying to record or film something or whatever, but it just happens and you end up getting a good take of something, maybe because you didn't intend it or whatever, or something about it you like, and then when you go to try to do it, quote-unquote, for real, it's like missing something. So that happened quite a few times when, when we would try to record this song. This was another one that was kind of tough to figure out how best 
to do it, I guess. Right. The idea that it's so separated when you multi-track it. If I go and then you go and I add something and that one of the things we liked about it is when you're playing it live, everything's just so kind of smushed together and you, you blur the lines of separation between who's doing what and it's there's a bit just more natural cohesion. Right. And the whole concept of multi-tracking is interesting in that you have this ability to separate things and at the end you're tasked with the job of putting them all back together and making them sound like they came from the same place. So maybe sometimes it's best to go at it just as one movement with letting some bleed happen, some more room mics and stuff like that. So we did end up tracking it together with guitar and cello and live vocal and all that stuff. So that's what ended up being the album version. It's interesting that when we went to Seattle, we met up with Lori for the first time and she joined us on stage. She started playing through that song. And that was kind of the first time when I thought, wow, that that could be something that would be wonderful on the song. So right. then we 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 flew her out to Dayton and we um, we did we had like a short tour with her um, and then like four or five dates or something. And we just did those four or five dates. And then we went into the recording studio and just had her kind of do several tracks of stuff. Yeah, something about like a proper instrument, like a cello, really adds this air of dignity and sophistication to our loose rambling. It's true. (laughs) Really classes it up a bit. Hey, I'm going to play a song called Physics. It's off of Creekside Solo Cello by Lori Goldston. It's an album that you can get on Mississippi slash Change Records. Thank you. 
So if you want to check out Lori's stuff, she's at lorigoldston.com or lorigoldston.bandcamp if you want to hear music. So for the additional recording, we did, we added some drums. We did. Yeah, it was like a, a floor tom tuned really low, a kick drum on its side tuned really low. And then we, we made our mallets with stick wrapped in Charmin toilet paper and paper towels. Yeah. We made big, soft, pillowy mallets, which I love. I think they work a lot better than store-bought over-the-counter mallets. Yeah. Because you don't, if you're looking for a soft push, you don't get any of that hard smack that comes with a mallet or a stick or anything like that. So we got crafty. We also added some a little bit of piano didn't we oh that's right yeah that was a 11th hour edition yeah we went out there and did that and i remember that we and that's not the first time that that kind of thing has happened where we we will add something like that and each time we do it we fight it no you go do it no you go do it no you go do it because both of us we want we i think we both know what we want to hear but both you and i if we start a melody, we will end up kind of creating a part out of it, and it yes. won't be this wonderful random thing anymore. So it's really hard to go out there and just, you know, barely play something, play the essence or the idea of something without, here's my new piano part, ding, 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 right. ding, da, ding, yeah. da, ding, 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 you know. I do think that's the hardest thing for most people to do is to take away knowing. So it's, yeah, 10 notes might be obvious in a lick or a riff, but what's the one or two notes of those 10 that really does the, the kind of the motif and gets the point across that doesn't like burden you down with having to hear the end, like making it so obvious as to complete its own thought. It's really hard to, kind of parse it out like that and choose just the couple good ones. Yeah. And I, so I know I would sit down, I would play all 10, like, and the thought would complete itself. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> there, there I went again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it just had some drums, a little piano, your guitar, which was, e- I remember being super easy for you to track, this particular guitar this time. And it hasn't necessarily been. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's, there's not a lot, it's not a real complicated or technically challenging part, but it's nuanced in its sort of uh, the way it kind of has to drift. The feel of it, I, I think, is what I'm trying to say is the most important thing, not not hitting the notes or whatever. So, yeah, sometimes capturing the feel is harder than actually like executing a a piece or something. Right. So yeah, some some days it's good, some days it's too stiff or, you know, whatever. But this one was good. We have a video for $100 Heat as well, don't we, Mike? We do, and we talked about Proto Martyr in the two episodes ago. Yeah. And the Loud Underneath one, and, and they're right back in. Yeah, can't episode. get rid of them. <laughs> I know. Alex Leonard, the drummer, um, does a lot of illustration and um, video work and stuff like that and, and I think he does a lot of their layout and kind of I don't know if he does their typeface type stuff that they do but 
I really like their posters and their record covers and stuff like that. They definitely have a look, and I feel like that's either him and Joe or both of them. Or yeah, he did the loud underneath um, split single that we did. Uh, loud underneath yeah. blues festival split single. All the artwork for that. There, he has a website called Good Movies and Bad Movies dot com, <laughs> and he he goes through and he reviews movies. He'll draw an image, do some sort of graphic, and he'll animate it. They're really funny and kind of wry, the, the, the reviews are. Um, my first work with, with Alex as a designer or as an artist, um, other than the split single, but while we were on tour, the breeders, well, we are all super competitive about our T-shirt ideas. So we decided to have a, a competition uh, the idea is each person, me, Joe, Jim, and Kim, were each going to design a T-shirt. Now, you could either design it yourself or you could have somebody else. Like Kim, I know she, she like there's a poster. She got her design from a poster, a breeder's poster. Uh, Josephine designed hers herself. Uh, Jim McPherson worked with uh, Kyle, the merch guy, to design something. And I, of course, had a ringer. I yeah. called up. I called up Alex Leonard and say, "Listen, I need I need a T-shirt. Mama and I, needs a win. Mama, that's exactly <laughs> right, man. And you know, and of course, I sent him the email. Here's shit I like. And one of those things that I wrote on there was like Hammer Films and Doctor Fibes, Vincent Price, Doctor Fibes rises again. And so he sent a Vincent Price as Doctor Fibes. If you haven't seen those movies, you've got to see him. And it. It absolutely sold two to one on their shirts. It just blew them away. So that was a big win. Yep. So when we were doing, looking for videos, I was like, um, hey, Alex, do you do videos? And I, I don't, I think he has done, like I said, video elements. But like what, he sent us a note like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, apparently it took him a lot of time. <laughs> He was like, I've been working on it every day for the, <laughs> for three or four weeks, and I had to buy this software. And uh, and I think, to be fair, I think he's, he's enjoying away it. At this stage, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I hope he's enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I think he's enjoying like learning this new thing. It's like he got new. That's what we tell ourselves. Yeah, this new software he that he's become. So, anybody out there need a video? Alex Leonard is your guy. Well, let me go ahead and play the track then, and. Um, so this track is $100 Heat, and um, so we'll hook back up again um, next week. All right. All right. I'll See talk. you later. Okay. Bye, Mike. Bye. Bye.